Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. I'm your host, Luke Velasco, joined, of course, by the great Tony. Tony, it's exciting to have you back again. We've had you a couple of times. First off, you've been on, like, the media all day long today. Yes. You are the new face of Freight Waves. I just, I hope we're actually changing the logo to you. I wouldn't go that far, Luke, but <laughs> thanks. Glad to be back. Always a fun time to hop on with you and talk freight. Always a good time to talk about freight. You know, that's what I like about this show. This show is... It's not, you know, we're, 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 the show isn't super formal, right? We're casual, but it's, it's nice because we get, to, we get to talk about just what's happening, mm-hmm. right? And, and maybe put a little bit of data to it. Quant, it's, it's nice because you get to quantify what a lot of folks are feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's helpful to give them a few numbers to things, helpful to just kind of explain, you know, hey, maybe where, whether these trends will continue or not, at least in the near term. Um, so it's, it's definitely exciting. Um, <clears throat> by the way, are you a Marsh Madness guy? I am, but my bracket's shot because... Well, Tennessee's just not that good. Is it reasonable to assume that it takes the probability of getting every game right and every game wrong is the same? Technically, yes. I so mean, when you think about it, yes. It's just as difficult to win March Madness, your little bracket, as it is to lose it, in theory. If you went oh for how many games are there? No, there's, well, 32, there's, uh, yeah. there's 32 games in the first round, but that's, that's just right. one round. So. That's just one round. So we have a little challenge here. Are you in the, are you in the Freightways March Madness Challenge? I am, and I'm kind of stuck right in the middle. But. Uh, so we did a very good thing this year. There's a prize for first place, a prize for second place, and a prize for third place, and a prize for last place. We have 107 people that submitted brackets. You were only allowed to submit one bracket, so 107 unique brackets. Guess who is in last place? Yourself. I am. That's <laughs> impressive. I, yes. Like I said, I'm right in the middle. Ask uh, me what my accuracy rate is. Uh, what is it? Let's hear 3%. It's impressive. Thank you. I appreciate that. I hit the random key. Not even the weighted random key. Just, just the straight random. Honestly, sometimes those work out, and sometimes they do this. Well, if I win the last prize, prize it'll work out quite nicely. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not winning a single prize, yeah. so I'm not too concerned. Never sell yourself short. But, Tony, we've got some we've got some important things to talk about today, right? So we've we 2021, as a lot of folks know, incredibly elevated year. Wasn't actually that, it wasn't even so much the volatility that got it. It was just so elevated, mm-hmm. right? There were definitely periods of volatility, but I mean 2020 was more volatile in terms of the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But 2021 was so unbelievably rich. A lot of carriers that were negotiating uh, new contracts for 2022 based on where we are. Um, based on some of those very elevated uh, spot rates, a uh, wise thing to do. Now we've come in here to the new year, and we're seeing something a little bit different. The market is beginning to soften, or at least we're kind of getting the first first glimpse of that. Still a long way to go before we can call it a soft market, but comparatively to where we were, it's a soft market. And just, just to put a number to that, I want to go ahead and throw something up on the screen here. This is just, a lot of folks have seen this chart before. This isn't new, but what this what this is here, this is the daily truckload volume uh, uh uh, for the United States there. Um, let's go ahead and flip that. I think we got that one on maritime imports. Let's go ahead and flip that one to truckload volume if we can. Um, but we'll see a trend here where the truckload volume has actually been declining pretty steadily since the beginning of the year. And we're actually down about 12.5% from year over year. I mean, 12.5% less tenders going out, truckload tenders going out from where they were this time last year. That's pretty significant. Yeah. Oh, I mean, anytime you see that decline, uh, 
And I think the, the more frightening part is the decline that we've seen in the last, say, month. I think we're yeah. down about 10% in the last, say, three weeks. I think that's the part that I'm taking, probably hitting the brakes on, probably the biggest cause for concern. And really, why is that? I mean, we've gone from 15,000 to 13,000, not that big, or 13,500, not that big of a move. When we look back pre-pandemic, right. 13,500 is infinitely higher than where we were pre-pandemic, but it's well off of where we were in 2021. So, I mean, when you're thinking about that, we've definitely seen this softening trend uh, and, and we'll see it with the volumes. So it's... It is cause for concern, but ultimately we're still at elevated levels. Yeah, very, very elevated, right? It's, it's kind of like saying, you know, if you, you, you doubled your money and then the next day you're down 10%. It's like, it's one way to look at it. It's like, oh no, I've lost 10% of my money. Well, no, you're still up like 90%. Yeah, exactly. Approximately. So, so you know, that's essentially where we are here today. Um, so let's go ahead um, and, and kind of see that trend there if we can on the, on the truckload volume um, when we get a minute. And it'll be, I mean, it's, it's pretty impactful. And I, and I think you already said it right, even though we're down 12.5% year over year, most of that's happened in the last week or in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is a, a very sharp decline. It's interesting though, because something we're going to look at here in a, later is imports and imports are rising. We'll come back to that in a second. But yeah, there it is right there. I mean, look at that, look at that trend. I mean, that that last line there on the right, when does that start? Right at the beginning of March? That, yeah. That it, last dip? I think it's March 3rd was the first, yeah. was the peak, and then we've been downward ever since. Yeah. Now, there's a caveat. We have seen a couple days where we've seen it kind of plateau. Yes. Typically, it's a weekend, though, which not really a surprise. You're not seeing much more, more freight or less freight moved on the weekend, so that's why you're seeing those kind of that plateau around the weekend. But, I mean, ultimately, it... it it's pretty down. I mean, you look at that chart right there and look at where we see the big dips, holidays, yeah. right? You don't really see a decline like what we've seen anywhere else throughout the entire, yeah. the past year. So, I mean, it it's definitely something to be concerned about. Uh, but we've been, we've had head fakes like this before. Yeah. I mean, I look back at April uh, last year, right? Yeah, right I mean, there in the beginning, right there, we the, saw a big the left decline. side of that chart. Yeah, you see a big decline. You see, you saw rejections come down pretty significantly at the beginning yeah. of April. Well, is that what we're seeing now, what we saw in April yeah. last year? Is it something completely different? It's kind of hard to tell, but I mean, ultimately, the overarching trend is, is that yeah. softening. And it looks like a lot of it really started around uh, the the beginning of September, the end of, beginning of September there, right in the middle of the chart. You see where that that absolute blue peak is. So it really started to come down then, and it's it's only continued. But again, you're right; it, it could be a fake out. Time will tell. Um, <clears throat> one thing I want to say though is even even though freight tenders are down, right? It's important to know that every this is just on a national level. If you're a carrier or a shipper or even a 3PL. It's different. Everywhere's a little bit different. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that's, we all know that, but I I think it's important to show that first. Let's go ahead and and put up, we've got a map here that I think will really explain and show folks. There it is right there. This is, this is an example. This, this is, this map here is week over week change in tender volume. So it's showing you where over the last seven days. So think of it as a rolling seven days from this morning, where the market has changed in that particular market. The, The red areas there are where the market has declined. So less volume from where it was seven days ago. 
the, the blue and white areas are where it's increased. White means it's only slightly increased, typically from it's either flat to a 5% yeah. increase. The darker the blue means those increases are much more extreme. Um, so, and I'll look at it like this. There's a decent amount of white and blue there. I mean, blue, not a ton. Those are the most extremists, but still a decent amount of white. I mean, there's, you have some pretty heavy markets there that are, I think, overweighting the loss. Ontario there is a perfect example. A lot of red over in Ontario. Yeah, but look at the neighboring market right next to it. Los Angeles. It's up. It's I think up. it's up like 1.3% week over week. Yeah. So, I mean, there's still obviously volume growth in Southern California. Right. It just may be Ontario gets the highlights being the largest market. I mean, when you think about Southern California, you have to kind of combine the two. Yeah. And what we've seen is LA kind of lagged behind Ontario, and now it may be playing a little bit of catch up. Not going to say that fully. I think the interesting one on this map is look in South Carolina, that Charleston market. Oh, yeah. It's blue, it's right? Flying. Guess what? I think it's up almost 40%. Yeah. Guess what? If you look off the coast, Tell us. look off the coast of uh, Charleston. For the past three weeks, there's been about 25 ships off the coast. Yeah. So guess what? It's You're starting to see kind of the impacts of, hey, those shipment movements that we've seen, those auxiliary ports, right? The yeah. ones that you don't really think of, they're not your LA, Long Beach, your New York, New Jersey, your Savannah, your Houston. It's a Charleston or a Baltimore or something like that that's that's getting this attention, and it, it should be. And it's ultimately spilling over into the truckload market. Yeah. I mean, look at tender volumes. It's blue and a sea of red around it. So, yeah. I mean, that kind of tells you, hey, maybe it's an area I need to focus some attention on. Absolutely. I think, I think you're right. And, and, and depending on who you are, you can leverage that, you can leverage that differently, right? I yeah. mean, there's, you know, if you're an asset carrier, you could definitely start positioning more trucks there. Right. If you have customers there, they, they probably need help. If you're a shipper, great opportunity to start potentially expanding some relationships there, going into the procurement process uh, in that. But also getting ahead of that, you know, if you're if you're positioning ships, if you're bringing in imports into other areas, gives you the opportunity to get ahead of that, knowing what kind of demand is there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can. It it's one of those having this data and understanding what what's coming, what's already happened. Right. Yeah. You can kind of take. We talk about it, historic data kind of can get thrown out of the way. I mean, right. because these times now are not anything but normal. Uh, but having data that's fresh, right? I mean, this is updated daily, and it's that rolling seven-day look back, right? So that week over week, what, what happened last Tuesday is what we're seeing. That week over week, Tuesday to Tuesday is what we're seeing today, right? So it is one of those hey, this is an opportunity. And yeah. under knowing that's an opportunity, you'd be, you could be like, no, Charleston's not a good market. Well, yep. you may have just missed your boat. You may have. Liter- figuratively and literally. This guy. So, got jokes. <laughs> I mean, it really is one of those markets right. that it's like, it's not one you think of at the top of your head, but yeah. it is showing up and the data's kind of backing up. And then you look out in the ocean and it's there. I mean, the import... We're going to talk on it. Import levels are up. Yeah. Charleston import levels are way up. And there's more to come. So I I'm about to I'm about to drop some knowledge here on the phone for, on the line for everybody here. So who who which shipper, the top 100 largest shippers in the country, who has it has Charleston as their second largest port right now that they import through? My guess would be Walmart. 
Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So let's compare Amazon and Walmart for a minute. Amazon is heavily leveraged towards West Coast ports. Mm-hmm. The, their top four ports of their five, five of their or four of their top five ports are West Coast ports. Walmart, four of their top five ports. In fact, their first four ports are all wet, are all East Coast ports, apart from one, which is Houston. We'll kind of lump that in it's Gulf, yeah. but essentially, it's still going through the canal. So, um, you know, and, and a lot of it with both of them, they both ship out of China for most of their freight. So, a lot of it, you know, Amazon's going straight to the West Coast. Walmart's going through the canal. Yeah, and that was one. And the only reason I knew that is one. I knew that they used Houston a lot. Yeah. And that was their largest port. And obviously, Savannah's another one, right? I bet it's up Savannah's there. Savannah's number four. Yeah. So it handles Savannah handles 12%. In case you're curious, we have all of this data inside of Sonar. I'm reading it through a lot of the customs data that we measure on the ocean side. But Houston handles 23% of their TEUs. Charleston's number two at 22.5%. Oof. That's a very tight gap between behind Houston. And it didn't used to be that much. Again, this is this is over the last 30 days, for those that are curious. We're looking at yep. the last 30 days here as of this morning. 17% goes to Norfolk. Um, and then Savannah down there at 12%. Yeah. I mean, it again, it doesn't... It's a lot. It's, it's a lot of freight moving through the East Coast. A lot of freight moving there. And then you look at, again, I keep going back to it, the ports or the, the boats sitting off the coast. I mean, that's yeah. just... More freight that's got to come through the port, and it's got to go somewhere. And unlike unlike Savannah, right, where their intermodal facilities and railroad heads and terminals are built up a little bigger, Charleston, not as much. Yeah. A little more reliant on that truckload, and and that's what we're and seeing. That's what we're I mean, seeing. Well, that that shit. I mean, when we see that shift between Charleston and Savannah, you can kind of attribute a lot of it to a shift from intermodal and truckload. So it's kind Got of a, an interesting thing. Yeah. So you said shift. I thought you said something else that rhymed <laughs> with that. Okay. Got it. No, that makes more sense now. Um, that's a perfect example. Let's go ahead and throw up this next chart here. This is the this is total maritime imports coming into the country here. So this specifically is what we're looking at here. It's about a 14, just north of a 14% increase in imports year over year. This is a daily update. Part of that state, as when we were talking about the Walmart ports before, we we break this data down so you can see that by, by consigning. And um, this right here is looking at that total volume. So imports are up, plain yeah. and simple. They are up still. Um, 14% is a lot. You think about how much we import, 14% year over year is a lot of freight. Yeah, it is. But look back where we were at the beginning of March where we saw a spike. That's I mean, true. We hit the all-time high in the data set we did just hit the all-time a couple high. weeks ago. So, I mean, what you're seeing, the... The concern here, right, is we've seen softening on the truckload side. We've seen record inflation numbers. Mm -hmm. We're still seeing record import numbers. Consumer data lags behind, right? I mean, we we have February's data, but that's not telling us what's going on in March where we saw, what, a 40% increase in gas prices? So, like, and food prices and everything else is going up cuts down on that discretionary spending that a consumer has, right? I mean, an increase in gas, you've got to go pay that, that increase, you've got to go pay, make, spend that money, you're spending it there instead of somewhere else. No, absolutely you are. And and, and at the end of the day, it'll be really interesting to see if these trends continue or not, yeah. right? Um, and I think it's a perfect segue. We're going to look at the intermodal volumes in just a second. Um, but before we get there, I think it's we, we've got we've got some big events coming up here um, pretty soon for at, at Freightways. And I think this is a really exciting time 
um, to get a lot of folks in the industry together. There's a lot of events going on. I was at Food Shippers down in Orlando not long ago. Uh, there's been a lot of other events that are going on. We've got our first in-person event in probably over two years, the future yeah. of supply chain. We do a lot of virtual events. I know you're a part of that, Tony. Um, but we've got our, uh, the, the future of supply chain is coming up. And I believe the dates are May 9th and 10th. It's going to be fantastic. Tony, have you been to one of our events before? I have not. So I actually started at that last live event in Chicago. I think yeah. I started two weeks before. So yeah, I did not get to go to that. I was, uh, but definitely looking forward to live events. I've heard they are a great time by it, everyone. It's going to be massive. So it's in it's in Northwest Arkansas, right? I mean, think of some of the big names that are over there in freight. You've got Walmart. You've got J.B. Hunt. I mean, there's some big yep. folks. J.B. Hunt's obviously a big sponsor of the event. Um and I mean, you've got the the uh, the governor of Arkansas is going to uh, 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 Governor uh, Hutchinson. He's going to be speaking at the event. You've got Billy Bean. He's you know from uh, uh, if you've ever seen um, a Moneyball the movie, yeah, Brad movie. Pitt. It's based on his character. You'll have uh, uh, the former chief spokesperson of the Pentagon will be there. Tons of folks in the industry. Like I said, you'll have JB Hunt. You'll have Nestle Purina. You'll have Tyson Foods. I mean, all these people, and it. It's it's an event that it's a little bit different from other events. It hyper focuses on technology, um, that that pushing the envelope as far as far as you can, and 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 really getting those resources. And I think it'll really help, especially as we come out of this COVID world and yeah. what that looks like. And then you've got the demos, right? I mean, you think about the de- a lot of demos. seven minute rapid fire demo seven that minutes. we've made famous. It's it is. So you got seven minutes yep. to show what, show how the product Blow works. Blow everybody's so mind. It's yep. seven minutes. It's uh, and you get to see a lot of new technology, which is great, yes. especially in the industry that's that over the past year has has started to evolve, and we're seeing those impacts really show up. Exactly right. So May 9th and tenth, almost here. If think you can still get some discounts right now for the March Madness, they are almost done. They're twelve ninety five. March Madness ninth and tenth, and it's all day on the ninth and tenth too. Like it is. I mean, I mean, and you've got the booths, you've got demos, you've got the speakers, you've got happy hours. You've we have happy hours, and then we have like cocktail hours after our happy hours. Yep. Like it is going to be a great time. You're going to meet a ton of people. There's going to be thousands of people there. But anyways. Back to business here, we got we have to talk about the intermodal piece too because at the end of the day, all freight moves together, mm-hmm. right? It, it all correlates with each other, and I think it's really important. Um, uh, and so just to summarize what we've, what we've seen so far, truckload tenders are down a little bit year over year, okay? Double-digit percentage points. Imports are up year over year, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Charleston's a big, big one that we know has, has driven quite a bit of that growth. Uh, thank you, Walmart. And then we see um, uh, uh, next is intermodal volume. And we're going to see intermodal volume is actually up a little bit year over year. Domestic container volume. Let's go ahead and pull up the chart here so we can take a look. Um, there it is right there. Look at that. Yeah. I mean, what you see is kind of a, I mean, it, we saw it last year, right? Fourth quarter that obviously that increase starting a peak season on the intermodal side a little earlier. Yep. Dip down, obviously, around the holidays. No surprise. A little slower to build back up. Yeah. But it has. And it, the difference is it has been, gr- I mean, it's been growing, right, in right. recent weeks. I mean, look back uh, right after the snapback from the holidays till now. I mean, we're up, right? So right. we are still seeing that increase. I think the important thing to remember intermodal, it's not a one-to-one, like, shift, yeah. right? Because you are having things that go in inventories and in stock. So, I mean... Your truckload, I mean, the big one, break this out, separate it, right? This is domestic. International would look completely different, right? I mean, it's going to be down, 
But I mean, that's because of pressure from the steamship lines. They right. want to get the container, that international container, back on the ship, back over to China and India and things like that, and back coming back loaded because yes. that's how they're making their money. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a give and take on the intermodal side where domestic's growing, but it's at the expense of international. Yeah. So that kind of yes. that transloading aspect of the market. You said it perfectly. They want their containers back. So, they, yeah, this is specifically for, for those domestic containers as opposed to the inter, inter, international ones. Um, but it's it's one, one thing that I think a lot of folks will ask the question about, Tony, and maybe you can give some clarity on this, is when we, we're seeing intermodal volumes rise, we're seeing imports rise, but we're seeing truckload volume decline a little bit, is intermodal taking away market share from the truckload market? I don't think so, at least not yet. I mean, the difference is when you think about intermodal, you're typically at a 10 to 20% discount to right. truckload moves, right? We have seen truckload, I mean, contract rates are at all-time highs, right? right? $2.96 a mile, and yeah. that doesn't include yeah, fuel surcharges. Yeah. Intermodal side, it's a little, I mean, it's still depressed compared to that, but I mean, they they are ramping up as well. And, yes. and you're hearing intermodal carriers calling for those double-digit increases again in rates. So yeah. I think what you're seeing, I mean, there is this, this shift, but I wouldn't say, I think it's a little early to say that, hey, intermodal's taking share from the truckload market. I think yeah. that's a little premature. I think what we're seeing is just a little softening on the truckload side that's just been over like white hot for so many months yes. that, hey, now we need to take a breather and ultimately the consumer is going to take a breather as well. Yeah, no, and that's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it, right? It doesn't have to be the expense, right? Again, it's same, you doubled your money and now you're 10% from that double, yeah. right? You still have, you still got 90% of your gains. Um, <clears throat> I want to take a look here and let's just look at a, let's, let's look at a practical example because of the result of some of these changes and shifts that we've seen in the market on the truckload place. Um, you know, one, one, a very hot lane or a very, very dense lane on the truckload space, specifically for the drive-in sector, is from Los Angeles to Dallas, um, uh, so, uh, particularly in the long-haul space. Let's go ahead and throw that lane up here on the screen. I think it provides a lot of color as to, you know, the result. Again, yeah. we, we know the market's softening. Typically, we see those tender volumes and tender rejections uh, lead times shift first, and yeah. then eventually we see that effect mm -hmm. trickle down you know, a number of days, number of weeks later in, in pricing. But this is this chart that you have, that we have here on the bottom right. So if you look at this whole screen here, this is this is our, our real-time pricing, spot pricing index in particular, um, tells you essentially what uh, what 3PLs are paying carriers to move their loads every 24 hours. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it's great. It's real-time. I mean, you're looking at the pricing. So basically this morning on average for a drive-in, all in 285 a mile from LA to Dallas. Yeah. We were... Just at the start of the year there, it might be kind of hard to tell, we were at 404 a mile. Yeah. Now we're at 285. It's crazy. That right. is quick mental math here, just shy of 30% down. Yeah. I mean, but go look go look at rejections in LA. Yeah. They're down 5%, to 5%. Right? 5.5. Yeah. So, I mean, it. this lane, well, and, and remember, these rates include fuel. So yes. those rising fuel costs that we're seeing Guess what? I mean, they're showing up. So, I mean, this rate probably even further down yes. than what it on the line haul side. So breaking it out, I mean, if you factor in fuel and other yeah. accessorials and things like that, this rate's probably even lower. But when you have a 5% rejection rate, yeah. 
that's what's going to happen. I mean, nationally, we were at 5% rejection rates in 2019. Yes. Guess what? What was the national spot rate? Like $2 a mile, something like yeah. that, Even maybe even a little less. So, I mean, again, it's not really a surprise. I talked about this earlier on Freight Waves Now. There are other opportunities to go into backhaul lanes, though, where there is yes. still some that upward pressure on rates. I think uh, a lane I highlighted was like in Atlanta to Lakeland, Florida. So mm -hmm. down, going down in there, maybe a little exposure to produce season and getting in some of that. I mean, yeah, it's March 23rd, but it's produce season starts right around now. So yeah. not really a not really a surprise to see a little upward pressure uh, on a lane like that into one a backhaul market where, hey, there may be a little availability, but it's still going to be difficult. Yes. So. And I think this, is, this will be an interesting time, too, because if you look at contract rates on the same lane, contract rates are much higher, about a, almost a dollar a mile higher. Um, and it, which is, we, we, we saw that in 2019. We saw spot rates dip below contract mm -hmm. rates for, for a decent, a, a substantial period of time. We're obviously not there yet at a national level, but there's these isolated lanes where that's happening. Yep. Um, but when rejections are so low, most carriers aren't really exposed to that. So yep. I think it, it ends up working out in their favor. Um, but anyways, Tony, it's been, it's been a great show. Uh, very excited here. There's a lot of great things happening yep. in the market. We're getting here close towards the end of time. Remember folks, May 9th and 10th market calendars, the future supply chain event led at Freightways, it's gonna be amazing. I mean, it's gonna be an absolute blast. You're gonna have a fantastic time. Get your March Madness tickets. They're nearly 50% off. Um, go to freightways.com under the events page and you'll find it. Again, uh, May 9th and 10th. Otherwise, folks, have a fantastic rest of your day. We'll see you next Wednesday live with Sonar. And we will, we are off. <laughs>